0: Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on The Light Breakfast. And today, our topic of discussion, sensitive kids, were without resident child psychologist, Katyana Asman. Katyana, what does it mean if a kid is highly sensitive? I think we often refer to sort of emotional sensitivity in that case. There are sort of in our realm two areas of sensitivity. We've talked previously about kids who are hypersensitive from a sensory perspective. But oftentimes when people say that their child is hypersensitive or when that word is thrown around, it's more often referred to within the context of emotional sensitivity. So these are kids who are almost extremely empathetic. So they get very affected even when things aren't happening to them. So if a sibling or a friend gets reprimanded, they get upset. If certain comments which were meant in a joking fashion get thrown out they get upset right so they have a higher tendency of feeling more than other children even maybe more than yourselves as parents and so because of that parents often say that they kind of feel like they're walking on eggshells they kind of don't really know if they're going to say something that's going to upset their child but generally yeah it's more a heightened sense of emotion and so triggering that emotion is is a lot easier now it's often passed off as a you know negative trait Mm. oh they're so sensitive or don't Mm. be so oversensitive but is there an actual diagnosis or name for this Mm. By the way, I hate that when people say that you're just too sensitive. I really do. You know, I think that empathy is a superpower. You know, I think that not everybody has empathy. I think a lot of people have sympathy, but I think that empathy is not something that everyone builds upon, right? And so whenever I have a child who has the capacity to cry over the pain of others, I I really feel that that's a superpower, right? I mean, of course, we don't want them to all the time and we want to be able to teach them how to understand that. But I hate it when people say that you're too sensitive. But I think that when it comes to a diagnosis, I mean, there are a lot of different conditions or disorders, if you will, that are linked to, you know, sort of heightened emotional state, but none that sort of categorizes hypersensitivity in in its entirety. Katana, you talked a little bit about triggers earlier. What kind of triggers do these children have to cope with on a daily basis? So I think the most common one I hear is is comments right uh, comments and body language so the I think biggest sort of category of things that I see with my kids who I would say are in that category are when they're at school and if the teacher seems a little bit angrier than usual or the teacher seems that you know body language indicates the teacher's a little bit more frustrated than usual uh, a tone of voice if the teacher or someone raises their voice over a certain uh, volume so things like that which I think a lot of people tend to kind of just ignore or at least kind of think well maybe teacher had a bad day Mm -hmm. um hypersensitive kids if you will will tend to think that it's about them so because of that they would get very upset over things that a lot of people don't notice and and I think that does come from that heightened sense of empathy because you are putting yourself in um, someone else's shoes and you're experiencing their emotion so because this person is being perceived as angry right you then therefore think like you know how you know what contributed to the anger was it me was it you know what i said was it my, my homework you know so they kind of go down that 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 rabbit hole and, and same goes with home as well with moms and dads and siblings so i think that the triggers are often just what you say uh your tone of voice and, and your body language but other than that, it's really hard to predict. It's very subjective from child to child. And what sort of kind of behavior happens as a result of this when they're sort of feeling very deeply about everything around them? You'll see lots of crying. So most of my kids will be very prone to crying episodes. Um, And that's when you have people often say like, oh, they're so sensitive and things like that because the tears will often be the first thing. Some of my kids shut down. So because they're very conscious of the emotions in the room or they're feeling somehow responsible for something, which they're not, they tend to withdraw and disengage. So they might not be chatting as much or they might kind of just keep to themselves and definitely ruminate and and hyper fixate over what's been going on in their head. Um, so some parents or teachers will report that this child kind of goes very quiet um, and doesn't really want to engage and interact. But yeah, but more often it is sort of these the sad feelings more often than not versus other things. So aside from it being a personality type, for example, mm. when does it become a cause for concern? When it starts to to impact their ability to just do what they need to do, so for example, if it's impacting their socialization, if it's impacting um, their ability to interact or or at least engage with classes with with people, they tend to keep to themselves. Uh, they might favor online interactions versus face to face because then you can't read body language and you can't kind of uh, obsess over things like that. So I think when it makes it difficult for them to do what is age appropriate, then that's a problem. But you know, but I see a lot of times as well individuals who I feel might be of that hypersensitive type who didn't get taught coping skills, who didn't get shown that, you know, different ways of expressing emotion when they approach adulthood, they found it very difficult to function within the work setting, within the university setting, because they're having to deal with a lot of different people who might have different ways of expressing things, right? So you see a pattern of, for example, adults constantly quitting jobs because they perceive things in a more negative way than it actually was, although um, They don't like how their boss speaks or how their boss gives instructions. You might have students not wanting to participate in classes because they perceive that the professor doesn't like them or things like that. So you kind of see a lot of avoidance, right? Because that's what you learn when you find something unpleasant, you avoid. And when you're a child, you might not, be given that option, which is why tears tend to happen. But once you approach adolescence, crying is not really acceptable. So throughout your growth, the kids, you know, will often learn that they can't just burst into tears whenever they're upset so avoidance becomes the next course of action so you will start to see whenever they're in an uncomfortable situation they will just avoid right so it could be missing out on parties missing out on things that involve them engaging with people um, in a larger extent just avoiding commitments altogether so yeah so it has the potential to escalate uh, into something super dysfunctional if we don't provide them with the right support and understanding when we identify it so Obviously, this is going to lead to the reasonable question of when we're talking about the essentials of parenting. Mm. How do these differ from supporting a highly sensitive kid? I think you know what what Asha was saying is just to refrain from using language that makes them feel like there's something wrong with how they react to things, mm. right? So the comments of "Oh, you just need to stop being so sensitive," you know, "You need to stop getting so affected," and especially when they're boys, I find that parents are a lot less patient you know when you have a boy who is more sensitive versus a girl I've even had some parents say to to some of my female clients that like oh you know you're just hormonal or you're you know things like that get thrown around I know that's how I feel whenever I hear as well you know so I think that we need to recognize that just because your child is triggered by things that you aren't, um, doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them, right? I think it's just that you feel things differently, right? So that's kind of the tone you want to take with these kids. Like, you know, sometimes things happen and you get upset and mommy and daddy don't get upset because we don't see things the way that you do, right? So what was it about what happened that made you so sad, right? So try to kind of understand what their perspective is. And then once you understand that perspective, be like, okay, so it made you sad because you were worried, that mommy was mad at you, right? So let me ask you this. Why would mommy be mad at you, right? So trying to get them to rationalize it and then go like, okay, well, you know, if you didn't do anything that mommy was going to be upset by, right? Or mommy didn't say that mommy was upset with you. Why would it be that mommy was upset Bye. with you, right? So was it my voice? Was it how I was looking, right? My brother had this thing. I just remember as I'm saying this. He had this thing about my mom's eyebrows, Because he was always convinced that if she had pinched her eyebrows, she was mad. So when he was like three, he would say to me, like, caca eyebrows. Like, it was just the funniest thing to me. But then I recognized as I grew up that it was that was how he was perceiving her emotional expression, right? And so kids might have very, very specific ways of interpreting your emotions. And so you, of course, want to understand what it is and explaining them your perspective, explaining to them your perspective. And then giving them the tools to go like, okay, well, if this didn't happen, then there's no reason Hmm. for me to feel this way, right? So that's kind of it because they don't have the counter argument in their mind. So that's why the the runaway train kind of takes off when they get upset. So it's about giving them that and not chastising them too much, right? And eventually they learn. Yeah, that's very sensible, actually, taking the time to sort of uh, have that communication. Thank you so much, Katiana. You can listen to this episode of Growing Pains with child psychologist Katiana Asman on Sensitive Kids again on the Light Breakfast podcast on the Shock app.